For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. O'Corn rolling, launching for the end zone. In traffic. Incomplete. Game over. Michigan State wins it in the big house. I don't know. You know we've done it eight times. <laughs> we've done it eight times. So, you know, I don't know why there's a lot of doubt. Welcome to another edition of the only podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith. I also have with me your other co-host, John Kirby. It is early in the week, and once again, Paul Bunyan resides in East Lansing. Just take a second and think about it and drink those words in. Oh, it feels good. Because that... Feels good. I've been. People have asked me how my weekend was. Like yeah. several people that sure. I work with who know potentially concerned about you. Right. I think they're happy I showed yeah, up. You're alive. Um, That's good. Right. It's progress. Um, and I just couldn't contain the smile on my face. Like I. It's. It's. There is no better feeling. I truly believe this is. This is one of the few. Like best feelings that you can have as a sports fan in general beating your rival but I just think specifically as a Michigan State fan it's just nothing better than beating Michigan and John I'm gonna let you weigh in here but like you know you know winning to tell me tell me tell me how your Austin, weekend went Austin I had a great weekend and sometimes <laughs> sometimes that Sunday morning headache hurts a little less <laughs> when you remember that it wasn't a dream we went wow. into Ann Arbor mm-hmm and we beat the brakes off. Beat them. Okay, and you know what? This is they had everything they wanted, Austin. Everything. Everything. I, every they had the coach. <laughs> they had three years of recruiting classes under the coach. They got the quarterback that they wanted. Because remember, they wanted Spate gone. Yep. Well, they got John O'Corn, didn't they? Yep. 
They had a bye week to prepare, Austin. Yeah. They had a whole week to think I, about it. They knew the weather. <laughs> we played in the same weather, if they I had, recall correctly. They had the best defense in the nation. It was a home game. It was a night game. They were double-digit favorites, Austin. <laughs> Imagine having all of that and taking the L. And just losing. Just taking the L. And, and, not, and not, again, and we're going to get into our whole rant in a minute here, but not just to, to lose, but to lose in because you weren't the better team. Because and were you prepared. Played, yeah, you played against a team that was every bit as good as you were, that was clearly more motivated and more focused, and you they forced you to make mistakes. This wasn't a fluke. Everybody who said all week, oh, when are these Michigan State fans going to get over the fluke that was the botched punt? You know what? First of all, never. The answer is never. <laughs> ever. That up, right? Ever. Ever, ever. Because that is the greatest ending to a sporting event I've ever seen. And it came at your expense. So it'll never be topped. I'll never let go of that. But do you want to talk about, you want to call that a fluke? Fine. Call it whatever you want. If that helps you sleep at night. This, I will not allow. I will not allow you to call this a fluke. Michigan was- State went in and did everything that we said they had to do. And they did it. They played like upperclassmen. They played with a sense of urgency. And you know what? You you you, you try and enjoy it, right? And, of course, you're always going to have the people that try and immediately bring you down. And they're going to say, yeah, this yeah, was... Yeah, but. Yeah, but. This was Michigan State's Super Bowl. Well, tell you what. Maybe you should start treating it like yours. Maybe it should be yours. Because you know what? This is turning into a little bit of a thing called a layup. Yeah. 80% in the last 10 years. <laughs> you know what? Say it. If this was our Super Bowl, you shouldn't have hired a guy who lost his Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's go. Figure oh, it out. Oh, man. We're trying to have a rivalry I mean, here. Yeah. <laughs> I, but really, I mean, it gets to our other point. It, it, I, we're going to talk about what Michigan State did well. We're going to dive into a little bit of a deeper analysis of this game. But I think it's important to touch on this this top-level stuff. Um, Mike Valenti got into it today, which is just shocking. But uh, <laughs> But I, if you're – again, I, I won't allow this to be written off as a fluke because if you're Michigan – if you're Michigan, like, I just, I just don't want to hear it. Like, what didn't you have? You just ran through that list. You had everything. You have the number – you know, one of the number one recruits in the country, Rashawn Gary. Where was he? Did he play? They didn't get to they didn't get to Brian Lewerke despite having this incredible front seven. Zero sacks. Give give Don Brown credit in the second half. He assisted by a monsoon. Completely shut that offense down for the most part. Uh, I mean, it's true. They they made second half adjustments. We said on this podcast, if you're going to score, you're gonna have to do it in the first half. We're not the only people that said it, but you knew it had to be done because he, because once he gets into that locker room. He's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. He's a smart guy. Michigan is a well-coached team. D'Antonio said it himself. But, but I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the excuses. Well, they... You can't say we played in the same weather. We have we have a younger team than you do. You want to talk about all these these seniors and upperclassmen that you lost? Uh, First string. Don't want to hear about that. First string running back. Yeah. Doesn't play. LJ Second Scott. Second string running back. Hurt. Yeah. Third string running back. Has to take the bulk of the carries. Connor Hayward had to play in the game. Right. 
Okay. Our that, fourth running back was playing in this game. I, I don't want to hear it. I just don't want it's it's there are no excuses. You were once again your Messiah was outcoached, outcoached by one of the best coaches in not only the conference but in the country. Clearly, the best coach in the state of Michigan, and you you got outmaneuvered. You got out, you got out everything. You got out toughed. You got out hearted. You got out wanted. You got out everything, and you still had a chance to win at the end. I mean, listen, just bring your A game again. John said it just a second ago. You claim that this is our Super Bowl. It should be your Super Bowl. That's the edge that by acting arrogant and by saying all of these snide things on Twitter and probably to people you know um, by approaching everything about collegiate athletics with this air of entitlement and ridiculousness and nose up in the air at everybody else. By doing that, you create Michigan State's edge. You build this mentality, call it little brother, call it whatever you want. This edge that you don't seem to think exists is something that is of your own making. This is the bed you have made by being arrogant, by not caring the same amount about your in-state rival. You want to talk about Ohio State? They don't Go ahead. Care. They don't. I mean, come on. They're going to be, get just as fired up for you. You want to decide to get up for one game a year that you lose every year? Austin, I got a question. Come on. I'm sorry. There's there's my rant. It's just I don't want to hear it. I got a question. Urban Meyer. 5 and 0 against Michigan. Yeah. Urban Meyer. 3 and 2 against Michigan State. Who does he Who is he worried about? Right. What what does he say to himself? You know who he should look at on the schedule. He's smart enough to know that you have to take Michigan State seriously. You want to write him off after one bad year? Like come on, man. We've seen this movie before. Michigan State, listen, in 2012 it's tough to equivalent 2012 and 2016. Don't get me wrong, but to doubt Mark D'Antonio, which you know everybody had that little sliver, but to think that his team wasn't gonna get be up ready? for this game and be ready for this game, like come on, man! Like I just don't want to hear it from. I don't want to hear it. I'm, Disres- I'm done with it. Disrespect. No, you, but like, and guess what? This team is loaded with sophomores who now know what it's like to win in the big house, just like Mark D'Antonio has done four times now. I don't want to hear, we're young. Wait no. Till... We're young. We're, we're the won't... youngest team D'Antonio's ever had. And guess what? There are now, gen... just think, take a step back with me. Michigan State has won eight of the last ten years. There are now kids, the kids that Harbaugh is recruiting and that D'Antonio is recruiting, don't remember Michigan being good. Yeah, you when, think, you I mean, think about when you started. To think about when you started to listen and watch and take pay attention to college football. Maybe eight years old, right? Maybe eight. We could start to grasp what was actually happening, right? Maybe nine, yeah. ten years, eight years later, ten years later, whatever it is. These kids are seniors, eighteen. And all they've seen, they've seen a lot of hype. They've seen people go to to Rome. Jump off a of diving board. Put basketball logos on their football uniforms. Seen a lot of things that haven't translated to big dubs. And then Mark D'Antonio comes in, slaps down his box of jewelry, and says, "Where? I mean, listen, Michigan's always gonna. They're they're they can say they're gonna recruit, and they always figure end up with these five stars, and that's great. But 
at some point you turn that into success or it doesn't make any difference. And then again, you say Harbaugh's been third place in the division his first two years. And you're going to tell me after losing to Michigan State and still having Penn State and Ohio State, two legitimate top 10 teams on the schedule, that you're going to finish better than third place again? And then at what point do you look in the mirror? It's year three. You you ran Brady Hoke, Rich Rod, Lloyd Carr all out of town because they couldn't beat their rivals and they couldn't get you back to 10 wins consistently. And now... Your Messiah, your boy, the guy who you have backed the Brinks truck up for, mm. is doing the same thing. So what's the difference? He's wearing khakis while he's doing it. I mean, I guess that's the biggest, the biggest change. Now, I, I will say for Harbaugh, the, the, to compare him to Hoke and Rich Rod is ridiculous to me. Because if you look at those teams, if you remember actually watching those teams, Harbaugh is cl- clearly a step above the other two. They're much more disciplined. Again, D'Antonio said it himself. They were extremely well coached. They ran 40 formations in the first half. You got to hand it to them that, like, listen, it's a more well coached, more physical team. But, like, get up. Like, start. Like, just pay attention. Pay attention and give credit where credit is due. Because what Michigan fans don't get, and again, we just talked about it, like, if you do that, I don't know that you you can't ever take away that edge from Michigan State because we're always going to hate Michigan, no matter if we beat them 40 times in a row. But, like, you can, by acknowledging Michigan State as your rival, and at this point you're better, you might actually get somewhere internally. So, I mean, hey, from our point of view, keep doing what you're doing, baby. Keep it up, Jim. I'm all for it. Two out of three, call them both flukes. I don't care. Michigan State won. And now we're four and one, and now we're number twenty-one in the country, and somehow you're still, <laughs> still ranked ahead of us, of course. But I'm just—it gets, and that's enough about Michigan. There's a there's a but. lot there's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of game, a lot of season left. A lot of it. Okay, long ways to go. But let's start. Last thing we'll say about you know, Savior Harbaugh, year year three. What did Nikki Saban do? Ship. <laughs> Year three, what did Jimbo Fisher do? Twelve and two, won the Orange Bowl, won his conference. Year three, Chris Peterson, Washington, Washington. Washington. Year three, twelve and two, won the conference. So I don't want to hear. Wait till he gets his recruits because I've heard mm-hmm. it so many times. Yeah, but but. Uh, to spin this now to our team, the team that this podcast is supposed to be about, I mean, what what a win. I mean, how validated, how incredible does Mark D'Antonio he took, have to Mark, feel? Well, he did everything that most schools wish a coach could do. Oh, absolutely. You know, and we, we sometimes say to ourselves, man, if we could just get those four stars and five stars, imagine. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's not how we're going to do things, Okay. That's also looking in the mirror yeah. and saying, what are we, what do we want to be, what do we, what do we need to do? It's the culture. <clears throat> it's the culture. And Joe Bocci. <laughs> yeah. Talk I mean, about him. I mean, this kid. Superstar. Sophomore. He had 10 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, the interception, and two pass breakups, one of which that led to an interception 
and one that ended the game. And his best stat, he's dating a bulla. <laughs> he's dating a bulla. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's been clear. So this all makes sense now. And it's been cleared by Big Bro. So, like, wow. you know it's fine. Let's go. I mean, I mean you got Bocce balling out. You have, uh, I mean, you, ha- you have David Dowell. Dow- I mean, he showed up. David Dowell has done something, and I've professed my love for him on this podcast. I do need to take one second before I talk about David Dowell. I have to talk about Kari Willis, and I have to apologize to Kari Willis. Because I said, I said he was going to be the first man to lose his job. You know who it was? It turned out to be the other safety, <laughs> uh, Matt Morrissey. Uh, and Dylan Alexander. Yeah. And, oh, well, yeah, I should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Um, either way, Kari, I'm sure you'll never hear this, but if you do, I'm, that's my, my bad. My beat. That's my bad. Uh, he also he knows you has, a Gatorade, man. Yeah, I do. And when I see you, I'll make sure you get one somehow. Um, but, I, you know, I just I, – he has done an incredible job. But what Dowell has done is what I thought – needed to be done whichever safety was going to be that got benched, but he has brought some serious athleticism to that yeah. position that between <clears throat> Morrissey and, and Kari, between the two of them they lacked. Yeah. But now that you've got a true cover safety who, by the way, can lay the wood against the run, yeah. that allows for for a lot more of that isolation on the outsides that allows Kari Wills to come up in the box. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done... This is Kari Willis' third start against Michigan, his second one in the big house, and he has played lights out in his two games in the big house. Uh, he's, and he's turned into a really valuable member of this defense, and I think a lot of that is attributable to David Dowell's emergence as a playmaker on the back half. That was one of the biggest question mark areas on this Absolutely. whole team, is how are these safeties going to hold up? We, knew, we thought we knew the linebackers were going to be good. We knew the defensive tackles were going to be good. Yep. Both are much better than even the optimist like myself and John would really say mm-hmm. we could have possibly expected. But now you're talking about having two legitimate starting safeties, a great linebacking core, and a really strong middle of that defensive line. That makes the spine of the defense damn strong. Well, this and is, if that's there, you can beat teams like Michigan. Well, and that's, this is the defense that uh, D'Antonio had constructed three years ago with this in mind. Right. right, you know, this was always the the blueprint to get this on the field, and um, with an exception of a few DNs, that yeah, a lot of DNs. Right, uh, this this is the team uh, he wanted on the field, mm-hmm. and shame on us. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> you know, we sit here, our bad. Yeah, Mark, that's we had on it us. figured <laughs> out, bro. And so, he, he, and, you know, what? Who else? Who else played well? I mean, everyone. We talked last week about no one has – if everyone just plays to their potential, mm-hmm. no one overdoes it, no one plays outside of themselves. What did we see? Maybe a couple times where someone played outside themselves. Lori uh, Yeah, Lori's plays outside of himself. It wasn't all – it wasn't all, <laughs> all sunshine and yeah, rainbows. Yeah, it wasn't all – and you, would he play – he, hey, tried to make a play because he knew he was making a mistake – Hey, he could difficult have been worse. Conditions. Could have been worse. You gotta understand it's difficult conditions. Yeah, you know that's a freshman mistake. That's fine. You know we we can talk about it and learn from it. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, but if you're talking about players that did their job, look up front. 
Michigan State was all over John O'Corn throughout that game. They yeah. had a handful of sacks, and every single time, and now it was admitted that the offensive line is not the strength of the University of Michigan football team. It's sure. not. It's not. But you, but, but not only did it look like a weak link, it made Michigan, and I don't know that it made Michigan State, but it showed just how good that Michigan State defensive line can be, especially up the middle, because uh, the sh- Raekwon, the chef, mm. and big baby Mike Panishuk wore pushing the middle of that pocket all game. Gerald Owens got a sack. My man. Your man. <laughs> Young Naquan was all over the backfield. I mean, Kenny Willickis got a sack. I well, mean, don't say it like that. No, I, you know I, I, I've come I around on Kenny big time. Right. I, I, he's, he is, the fun thing about a team like this is that it's all young guys, yeah. and like you get to learn. All you have going into the season is preconceived notions, and so often players can rise to the occasion and earn a spot in a fan or a super fan or a player or a, mm-hmm. a, a casual fan's heart or a coach's heart, and Kenny Willickis has done that tenfold. Joe Bocci has performed out of his mind. Chris Fry, I love seeing Chris Fry back to doing what he does best. I felt like he had a bit of a down year a year ago. And I mean, he led the team in tackle. No, he did, but he just, he felt like he was trying to do too much a little bit it's a year probably ago. probably true. And now he's got his, he's back in his role. I feel like he's not, he's playing a little more under control, which I think has been great. And he's, he's the the leader of the defense. He, this is a great little antidote about, antidote about uh, our boy Chris Fry. That final play, Chris Fry, the game, the ball hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Some people, did it end? Is there a flat? No. Chris Fry was already running to the Michigan sideline, <laughs> demanding for the trophy. Paul yeah. Bunyan. <laughs> He was in a play not two seconds before. He hates them so much that he was demanding yep. for the trophy moments after the game ended. I love it. You know, I love that, it. But that's the kind of kid that D'Antonio recruits, right? I mean, mm. like, this this is a guy, a Columbus kid, no love from Ohio State. No. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. Yeah, and, they, and it seems to be working out. You know, um, someone else who made an amazing play, uh, Daryl Stewart Jr., well, yeah, uh-oh, made a nice little tip ball. I mean, again, if you wanted to cite luck at any point during this game, that would probably be the one place you would look. I mean, tips the ball up to himself and catches it in the middle of a critically important touchdown drive. Sure. One that turned out to be, that was the second touchdown drive? Yeah. and, and you That know, turned out to be the game-winning touchdown was. drive. And, you know, and I don't want to, um, what I don't want to hear about, though, as we talked about, is is luck. And bad bounces and whatever. No, because because I want to be very clear. Because it's gonna uh, people are gonna very easily forget. Tristan Jackson dropped, dropped a bunny. Okay, first down, bunny inside the twenty yard line. We don't with sco- room with room. We don't score. That's that's at least setting us up for a field goal at the end of the, at the end of the second quarter. Yep. No points on the board. Nope. Could have been seventeen. Could have been 21. Mm-hmm. Now we're done. Now it's over. Right. Okay. So With that weather in the second half and the way Michigan is playing, that's over. It's done. So what I don't want to hear is, well, wow, you got lucky. Uh, McDoom dropped that ball. Well, guess what? One for one. Tristan dropped that ball. One for one. So Toogie and Eddie both had some tough drops, man. But uh, another player, let's stick with the defense for just a little bit longer, and then we'll go over to the offense. Um, I love, love what I'm seeing out of the corners. I feel like... 
maybe the biggest development, I mean, there's so many when you talk about just how far this team has had to come from the beginning of the season to right now, from the end of the last season to right now, so many things have had to develop. But what I love seeing out of A, the defensive coordinators and B, the defensive backs is that they haven't stuck to, I mean, they still play their old press man style, basically, but they're switching it up a lot more, playing more defensive backs, not relying on those safeties to cover in the box, or excuse me, uh, like down in the box on the receiver as much. Um, Although I think you might see a little more of that now that David Dow looks like, definitely looks the part and played a lot of corner his first couple of years. Um, But these corners, the defense is willing to switch things up, get a lot more creative with blitzes. But also, these corners are just physical, and I, I love it. The biggest complaint against Justin Lane a year ago, despite him probably being the best defense back on the team, maybe with Darian Hicks mixed in there somewhere. Well, I mean, and that's it's not a, a, it's not much of a statement, but but that's, um, that's a dude who was playing wide receiver what, right. nine months before. No, so like I mean, like four weeks into the season, he was still playing wide receiver. Yeah. So um, he's learned to get physical, and it's fun to watch because he's not shying away from contact. He's got, and that's just it, man. If he can, he's got those long arms at every bit of six, two. He is, people don't, they don't really throw his way very much anymore. Well, he got, they went after him twice, right? And he, you know, he, he defended both really well. They went at Josiah Scott in the end, in the end zone. Yep. Nothing doing, you know, there's nothing there, man. And, and it, and that's, that's the way this defense is going to succeed. You take that away, well, it's, it makes it a lot easier for everybody else, right? Yeah, and that's the whole point. Yeah. So I mean, physical on the outside is is a big, big deal. And then finally, one more, we got to talk about Andrew Dowell. I am for all the Dowells. You give see, me, give me every Dowell. Man, I know yes. there's a third one coming in too, and I I wish there was a fourth one. Um, Andrew Dowell has taken his play up a big notch. You've always looked at him and thought physically like measurement wise, this dude, and you see it in flashes, this dude is made to play the star position. Yeah. Like he's made to play the role Darian Harris had, uh, and Danico Allen had before him. Like he is, he was made in a lab for that position. And, you know, in fits and spurts throughout his first two years, you saw all of that potential, that otherworldly athleticism and the speed from that position, his ability to cover tight ends. Um, but then you'd have those mental lapses. You haven't seen, Aside from, I think he was supposed to be on McDoom for that last play, but you haven't really seen much of that, those mental lapses this year. You feel, I feel like he's taken on even a bit of a leadership role mm-hmm. with his defense. Those, those linebackers, clearly, him, those guys and Kari Willis are clearly the leaders of the defense, um, which is just awesome from a positional standpoint and the voices. Those are the guys that are always talking. For them to be the leaders is a huge deal, and I feel like he has really stepped up to the plate when it comes to that part of part of his role and and it's i mean it is it's it's fun it's no, it's it's it, an exciting time to be a michigan state fan well, and be a fan of some good defense i think the thing that is really exciting is you know we, we get uh time to watch this team develop further um there are no layups on this schedule until no nope. potentially very end of last game of the season yeah there's a long ways uh, to go and so um it's potentially um, irresponsible to to think and say that this team is going to continue to grow by the leaps we've seen yeah. in in these in this short amount of time. But at the same time, it's an exciting 
uh, opportunity, yeah. and it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see not only um, these next couple of games, but um, all the way down the line. And 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 I think the my favorite part is knowing that man, a lot of these guys are coming back, mm-hmm. you know, especially on offense. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the offense. So uh, we know that Lewerke, it has it, you know, yeah. the moxie, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's this factor that you just, you can't teach, right? And he seems to possess it. And um, while statistically he didn't have a great game, no one did. And that, that whether it's, that's no fault of his own. I mean, I think him, I think you just, you nailed it. You do, it's rare that you can, maybe never before have I come away from a game where my quarterback didn't even throw for 100 yards, and I felt like he played a phenomenal game. So he was game. in control the Just, whole time. And you know he was in control because at the end of the game, they were having him hold on to it. Right. Well, <laughs> and he almost... But, uh, but think about that. <laughs> no, I know. I, okay, I mean, you. this kid probably... I, I mean, he's a sophomore, and we're saying to ourselves... Let's let's win and lose this game with right. the ball in Brian's hands, and that says a lot, right? That's a trust thing. Yeah. That's that's and that's it's no mat- knock. Maturity. And that's no knock on Madre London or anyone else. It's it's just, you, hey man, we're at the twenty fifth mile and you you carried us here. Right. Finish the job. Take it home. Right. Yeah, and it, it's I think a lot of it is just a level of maturity. It's not surprising when you've seen the way he's played this season and when you listen to him in press conferences that a, that D'Antonio recruited him all the way from Arizona yeah, and then B that um, D'Antonio was so quick to go with him. I mean, it's not surprising. He, he's, he's that you can tell he's, he's plays mentally tough. He plays, he's made one really bad mistake this season and it was that pick six against Notre Dame. And so what's so impressive is that, it's, it would be so easy for that to lead to the downward spiral, yeah. both individually and as a team. Absolutely. It would be so easy for, the, Just for that to start last season all over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, he responds with a pretty damn good game, actually, after that against Notre Dame. Comes out and maybe doesn't have a phenomenal game against Iowa, but is easily the reason they were even able to score 17 points on offense. Yeah. And then comes out and doesn't turn the ball over in potentially the first game he's ever played with rain. He's from Arizona. He may have never played in the rain before, That's uh, you know, yeah, I, and he's playing in a friggin' monsoon. Um, <laughs> to not have much going on offense, but to just be smart enough to, to make the plays that are in front of him, to make plays with his legs when he can. I mean, listen, I think everybody is excited about him for all those factors and also because – He's got the arm talent, too. He didn't really get a chance to show it off too much in this game due to the weather and the fact they were just trying to control the ball. And uh, and he was getting swamped by that defense in the second half. He was able to not get sacked somehow, but I was actually surprised when I saw that. Well, you know, he he. Uh, to be clear, Michigan State wins or loses that game on Saturday. I'm still going to feel the same way about this. Game. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think that says a lot, right? You know, it's so easy to pile on the praise of the quarterback and when the team wins. Well, mm. No, he, I mean, there was no doubt uh, for everybody that this kid's the real. Yeah. And and we'll see. You know, I think what's most exciting for me is uh, he, he doesn't get to read the press clippings and he doesn't get to read and listen to us say yeah. how great he is because statistically it's, he has so much more room for improvement. Oh, yeah. And, and I say that 
and I say that not as a negative, but the potential to get there is what's exciting. It's huge. Right? I completely agree, and I think that applies to the offense as a whole. And the reason it is able to apply to the offense is because it applies to your signal caller. Like this, the ceiling for this offense, and we said it at the beginning of the year. I was personally was much more concerned with the defense than the offense coming into the season, mm-hmm. um, because wow. you. And turns out, wow, I was wrong. Yeah. Very. I, oh, I, to give myself a little credit, I don't know if anybody on the planet, even inside of the Scandalera Center, saw this coming. Yeah. But uh, you know. I mean, the ceiling is just, it's so high. I mean, the offensive line, I actually thought, for all things considered, held up pretty well. Again, didn't give up a sack. Um, You've seen that there's tons of talent on the outside of the receivers. I love what Matt Sokol's been doing. We haven't even seen Matt Dotson yet, the young freshman tight end. You've got three running backs who can all carry the ball and a quarterback who might have the highest ceiling of any of the players that are out there. I mean, Well, Austin, you know what Michael Jordan would say? You know what Air Jordan would say? Ceiling's the roof. The ceiling is the roof. So there, before everyone starts to think that this is a slappy podcast, <laughs> there, 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 yeah, why would we? Why would people think that? Because the, the, there is reason to be excited, and there's a lot of room for improvement. And, Absolutely, and, and for for us to sit here and say, you know, <laughs> make reservations for the college football playoff. I wouldn't do that. Let's slow down. But um, before we get to talking about. What won't be a layup, which is next game at Minnesota at night. Oh boy! Ooh. Let's take a look around what happened in the Big Ten this week. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're gonna hit you with some love and some hate. Mm-hmm. That's what we're of, gonna do. A lot of things went down in the old Big Ten um, while you were nervously drinking your scotch, waiting <laughs> for our game. And I watch them because I love you guys. And, <laughs> and there are some bad games, friends. Yeah. Uh, it was not a good slate. No. Um, but but uh, I'm going to hit you with some things that I love. And, uh, and let's talk about what we hate. I loved, I loved to see Ohio State get back on track. And I don't say that because I like Ohio State or anything like that. No. But, man, that's the team that everyone said was going to the playoff. Right. I mean, that was some dominant performance. They won. Took down Maryland sixty-two to fourteen. Yeah, I mean our Maryland Terrapins. Not mine anymore. <laughs> you dis- you disowned him already. That ain't me. Wow. I don't know. Right, that ain't me, enough. dog. He's out on Bordenschlager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You draw the line at Bordenschlager. All right. All right. Dirk needs a little more time before going yeah. to the shoe <laughs> with a third. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, I, I think Ohio State. A lot of it boils down to J- what JT Barrett are you going to get. I mean, he was he was throwing passes in that game that made you think, where has this been? Yeah. For the last couple of years, so. Um, I mean, he went bonkers. This kid, J.K. Dobbins, is. He's real. Benjamin oh. Victor is a nightmare in the red zone. I mean, I, I listen. Ohio State is becoming now like this classic lose early, make the playoff <laughs> team. It just seems to be what they. This is what it's if they did that, this would be the third MMR, time. Right? Yeah. yeah so I mean. It, I think that Ohio State-Penn State clash later in the season is going to be fun. Penn State, another team that had a nice game this week. Oh Well, I mean, Northwestern schedules homecoming against Penn State. I, yeah, that's an oversight. Well, you know what? I got to think it was because, poor guys, they can't, you know, I get it. Northwestern is kind of a displaced alumnus base, and they're all over the country, and Penn State's kind of the furthest. So, like, maybe we'll get the most home fans for this game. I don't know what they're doing. They got... Yeah. They just it fell apart quickly, thirty-one to seven. Um, they kind of had. <laughs> it's funny we say this maybe every week. Saquon Barkley was held in check. Well, the dude still dominated. 
Like, it, we say that because he didn't have, like, 300 yards on, yeah. on the day. But, I mean, it, it was just another dominating performance. He had um, only 75 yards rushing, but he had two touchdowns and, and, and only 16 carries. And then um, on, he had caught the rock a couple of times. I mean, you have to key on him so much it's not Yeah, fair. I mean, he's, he's now – he's not going to have the, the huge game every week because every team is going to – put everything they have into stopping them. And what's good for Penn State is they've got a good quarterback. Well, and he's still, <laughs> he's still by far the Heisman favorite on betting yeah. lines. He's one-to-one odds right now. Wow. Second closest is Baker Mayfield, and we'll get to him Ooh, in a minute. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then behind him, Bryce Love from Stanford makes a huge really? jump. Yeah, and then Mason Rudolph and to round it out, Lamar Jackson. But Dude, Jake so Cooper, it is it – is, it is – Absolutely, Saquon's to lose at this point. All those other teams have lost games already, at least one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it'll be really interesting. I mean, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins is on the board. I mean, he's a wow. long shot, but oh boy. I mean, there's if Ohio State keeps going, I yeah. think there's plenty of other teams that... Well, Heisman doesn't get decided for a while. Oh, absolutely not, but it's fun to look at. Absolutely it so, is. It's, it's Saquon's to, make, to lose. I'm going to make fast and hard yes. <laughs> takes on whatever I just saw, and that's yeah. all that matters. Yep. I got five minutes of a memory, and that's it. Yeah, do you? Do you have anything you love? Um, I mean, it all, it's always fun to watch a team just be really disrespectful to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it's one of our favorites. And like, it's such a big. This was such a Big Ten way of disrespecting somebody. But Wisconsin beat Nebraska, a team that huh. we've talked about of as like being. You know, their head coach, Mike Riley, on the bit of the hot seat here. Wisconsin didn't do many favors. They won 38-17, to 17, but... Uh, at night in Lincoln. At night in Lincoln. Saw somewhere that they ran the ball 33 of their final 36 plays. Oh. That is man ball. First of all, I've never heard anything more Wisconsin in my life yeah, than I running mean, the ball 33 of your final 36 opportunities to do so. That's incredible. And that's also... This is the ultimate case. It's like, if you're Nebraska... It's just got to be such a helpless feeling because there's nothing you can do. I mean, what? They're trying to get to not get first downs. If you're running the ball that many times, you're just trying to run the clock out, yeah. and you're saying, and if you're if you're Paul Chris, you're like, what do you want me to do? Okay. Like I, I'm just I'm here. I'm calling the same play over and over, and you can't stop it. So yeah, and they've got a heck of a running back in. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, the freshman, not to be confused with JTT, uh, but uh, the best. Jonathan Taylor, he has 97 carries on the year for 767 yards. What? It's good for 7.9 a carry, friend. Nine touchdowns. Jeez. Like this guy is absurd, and I mean, they're clearly gonna give him the rock. So is Wisconsin just gonna win? The East by like a landslide? The West. The West, yeah, whatever. The answer is yes, because <laughs> because we didn't help the cause with Iowa. No. Okay. And then Minnesota has puked all over themselves for mm-hmm. their first two couple games. times. And so like you kind of look around and you say like Oh uh, look, it's the Big Ten West again. Yeah, I mean I mean It's a joke. I mean, what do we I'm glad we could evenly distribute that yeah so no i'm I mean, glad we did it geographically yeah i mean whatever it makes a lot of sense i mean you really the only thing i mean feasibly and this is i can't even believe i'm saying this purdue that's the only team that's i mean they're close. one and one i mean wisconsin just beat nebraska handily 
Right. They're two and one in the conference. They're not. It's not going to get easier because they're going to play Ohio State. Right. Uh, they're not. Nebraska's not good. Yeah, they're not good. Purdue, not good. But I'm just saying they're one and one. Iowa already two games back at Wisconsin. Minnesota two games back. Illinois. Ha. Right. Northwestern zero oh, and two. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a wrap. It's, it, yeah. It's all of the worst. I mean, in two games. It, it's yeah. This it's it's pretty incredible just how fast that well, uh, well, that got out of hand. Yeah, and you know we'll get to the week coming up, but um, you know Purdue at Wisconsin is shaping up to be for the division already. Oh my god! It's, the, it's oh my god! That's, that's real. so sad. It's real. So here's a thing that I love nationally though. We're gonna get outside the bit. Yeah. Those plucky pesky cyclones of Iowa State. Ah uh, yes, they're good for one. Every year. Every year. And they go into Boomer Sooner country. Yes, sir. I want to say they were tw- over, I want to say they were 28-point underdogs. Oof. I want to say it may have been even 30. And they they take down Baker Mayfield-led Oklahoma Sooners. And you know what they did at the end of the game? Planted the flag. They planted the flag, baby. <laughs> did you see the best part of that whole thing? was that their backup quarterback threw three passes and also played linebacker. Oh, no. And he had eight-plus tackles in the game. Like, they're one of their best players. Stop. A two-way player in college football is awesome in and of itself, but for it to be a quarterback and a linebacker, that's like a video game. That's what you do in NCAA. It's like our 17th NCAA reference in the last couple weeks. Oh, but they won't stop. But he's, yeah. But he's, I mean, stop. come I, on, man. Okay, time out. Like, you got to look him up. That is insanity. Yeah. This dude is out here diming yeah. and then coming Their at... Their backup. And then coming yeah. at Baker. So there the was like the side. actual starter for Iowa State. So he wasn't the starter, but this was a guy... He came in and completed a couple of passes, and then apparently he looked like Joel, Ryan Urlacher in Joel Lanning. Yeah. My man goes two for three with 25 yards, and then says, yeah, I can, I can, I can go get that rock too. <laughs> He's chasing around Baker Mayfield, eight tackles. Yes. A sack. Making plays. This kid. Yeah. Okay, guys, this you know may what? turn into an Iowa State block. This is, <laughs> let's go Cyclones. All right, you know what? I feel like, okay, we are in too good of a mood to do hate this week. I think we just need to skip hate. We're going to skip go. hate, but I'm going to put someone on watch. Okay. I'm in on that. Okay. Looking into next week. Mike Riley. Oh yeah. Oh, he's officially on the sun. The seat. only yeah. He's he's his solar right now. He's okay. white hot. This they lost at home to Wisconsin. Their AD's gone. Yeah, he's toast. Ohio State's coming into yeah. town. Twenty four point favorite. No. I mean, he, he he already lost to Northern Illinois this year. I mean, we're talking. What's their has, record? Uh, they, I believe that they are two and three. Yes, yeah, so they're already under five hundred. I mean, we're talking this time next. And he, if I'm him right now, I'm at the office. I'm just slowly packing. Yeah, I bought boxes it's, on Sunday. So they're three and three. They're three and three. Okay, that's already bad. And like, I mean, this dude, this time next week. Oh, he's, I think he's pro. Well, 
I think he might survive until they hire a new AD. I think they might let him take the season. But, I mean, I think, or at least a couple of games. But if if Ohio State comes in and you know pantses them at home, yeah, he might he might be gone. So this he, is your Mike Riley farewell tour. Or he totally redeems himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he might be going back to Oregon State. They fired uh, sure, Gary Anderson. Come on today. back, everyone. Dude, they'd love it. Real, they'd love to have him back. Yeah, I mean, does he anyone? He fits up in Corvallis. Yeah, they seem nice. Also, would anyone notice a real Bobby Petrino situation? <laughs> yeah, minus the minus. The well, exciting parts, yeah. Exactly. Except he's the nicest guy in Petrino's the, the biggest opposite, dick. Exact yeah. same thing. So he is bizarro, bizarro Bobby <laughs> Petrino. So good, God, yes. So looking ahead, uh, this <laughs> we like, haven't gone off the rails you know, at all. This here. upcoming week in the Big Ten, we got a few games. Uh, awesome. The opening oh, slate, goodness, is a game that guys. The first two games are tough. I I try and I do a lot. I try <laughs> I try and do a lot of things. For Spartan Nation and watch a lot of things that I don't want to do. I don't. I don't think I can watch Rutgers at Illinois. No, I'm. I'm. I think we should petition to just not have this game happen. This is another sim game. Like yeah, let's you know. Sim it, I just sim it. Sim to end. I all I want to watch is like those. I'll literally look at like a drive chart. You know what? I won't even look at a drive you chart. Why just do you tell lie? Me. Just that tell me the <laughs> tell me the final score. If this game does not happen, I do nothing in my literally nothing in my life changes. Nothing changes. Literally nothing in my life changes. I just hope no one gets hurt. Yeah, no. Like, I'm just hoping everybody makes it out of there, you know, happy and healthy. Fans don't fight if people go to this game. What's I mean, there to fight about? I don't know. They're, they're both just angry. That Currently, fans. There are plenty of seats available, going for the <laughs> low low cost of three dollars. Three piece. bucks. If you're swinging through Champaign, Illinois this weekend, wow! Grab I mean, a ticket. Honestly, you know? I believe, and I'm, I believe for 186 dollars. Yeah, you can. You can. I think you can get coach. A, pretty sure you can get it. Yeah, you get to call the plays. You get to call. It's pretty cool. So maybe that's do. a cool promotion. Yeah. That might actually drum up some interest. Once Lovey gets shown the door, if they just let a fan coach every game, I. I I'm looking for a downside. I might go to I grad might, school there. I might turn down the Rutgers if I got to coach a game there, though. If they're like, hey, to... come be the coach, I'd be like, do I really want my resume to only <laughs> have one. Rutgers on I it? don't want to also no. have losses on no. my record. 0-1 yeah. as Rutgers head coach. Now, Illinois, though, I might take it. That could be I might fun. run my boys out there against Rutgers and just be like, do whatever you want and see what happens. They might win. <laughs> Speaking of do whatever you want, Indiana's offense takes on Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, That's not going to go well for no, Indiana. No, it's not. And Michigan is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite That's to open. That's ridiculous. I would, guys, not a betting dude. Yeah. Except for I do every week. I would, <laughs> I would consider snagging that line. Yeah, um, I would hammer Michigan if I were a gambling man. And then uh, then the afternoon slate, we got Purdue at Wisconsin, Big Ten West on Wait, the line. love this. Love the conferences on the line, and the Oxen- line is Wisconsin minus 16. Yep. That is phenomenal. And it's going to go up. That tells you every. That is just – nothing has summarized this year's Big Ten East the way that just that state Delaney, does. I, if I had my way, Delaney would have to go to that game. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't let him blink. Yeah. He has to watch the whole <laughs> just thing. Point at the field you the whole time. Did you this. did this. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> Blame yourself, Jim. And then you got a real uh, bounce back game for a couple teams that could dictate the rest of their seasons. Northwestern at Maryland. Yeah, uh, it's really going to be crucial to both the teams' bull hopes. Yeah, it um, actually is a weirdly big game. No, for both of them. I mean, you want to talk about getting. Uh, more reps since you know winter ball. They have to get. Yeah, to that's a wins. big deal. That extra month of practice 
mean, I know Michigan State would have liked to exactly. have had it last year. And then but. 6.30, um, right before our kick, Ohio State goes into Nebraska to um, either take Mike Riley's job um, yeah. or, or, or save it. Or save it. I mean, it's up to them. I it's think one way or the other. Urban's here. not a really giving guy, so I don't no, see that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't give. He's he's not really a giver. He gives his fan base a lot of wins, and he gives us one great meme every couple of years. I think he gave he Lucas Oil Stadium about five bucks for a piece of pizza. Yeah, that's time. true. <laughs> All right, getting into our game. No, the uh, we phenomenal. got Minnesota night game, mm-hmm. uh, Big Ten Network. The line opened today. Yep. Uh, started at uh, four points for Michigan State. How do you feel about that? Is that fair? I think that's fair, given what we've seen the last couple weeks. I mean, Minnesota has lost their first two Big Ten games yeah. to yeah, they started Purdue this past week. And Maryland. And Maryland. It's not the, good. Yeah, and Maryland, with the, Maryland in Minnesota, if I remember It was at home, day, yeah. It was really, with their third-string quarterback. It was, and then Purdue. I think Purdue is definitely an improved Purdue. Yeah. But that's polishing the turd a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I mean... It's you know I don't I don't I don't know. Here's what I'll say. I fear as a Michigan State fan, I am more weary of the circumstances <laughs> that, exactly. and the extracurriculars that are surround this game yeah. than I am the actual team. You know, you beat me to it. I mean, there's this is a perfect what they call them, letdown games, right? Trap I mean, game, letdown game. Well, I mean, a tra- trap games are right before a big okay. game, right? A letdown right. game is that's the the curve. Yeah, trap. Yes. actual game, letdown Correct. game. Correct. Yeah, and got and it. so. What we can't have happen is is to come in here and say, "Wow, we really handled uh, Michigan's offense." So we can we're definitely going to handle Minnesota and, and vice versa. Minnesota actually has a pretty nice defense. Um, I know we just kind of got on them a little bit about their last two games, but it's not it's not embarrassing. Uh, it's actually stout-ish. Um, <laughs> you know, I considering who they've played. Also, back to again, statistics don't tell the whole story, but can at least elude to the fact that the defense is, is strong enough to keep them in a game. Um, it did the last two games mm-hmm. with with some pretty rough offensive situations for them because um, they have a, kind of a tough uh, quarterback situation. Uh, they have a kid who's he's not had a great year. Uh, he's 54 and 98, 55% on the year completion rate. And uh, it's just not counting. Five touchdowns. Yeah, and, and he's a... He's a redshirt senior, Connor Rhoda, who's got some good size. I mean, he's 6'3", 225. I mean, he gets off the bus though. he looks good. But, then, right. like, but he has not starts. been great so far this year. I, You know, again, I think I just, just to hammer home your point, um, this is not a game that Michigan State can afford to take lightly. I think if you look back pre-D'Antonio, this is the type of game they Absolutely. lose 8 out of 10 times. Uh, Absolutely. Because they, they get too high and then, you know – Listen, when you think about this game, so just let's just take a look at how Minnesota is approaching this game. Yep, Minnesota absolutely. is season on the line. Well, I mean, this is their first chance for a marquee Big Ten win. You're at home; it's at night, which is a big deal. And when you're a school that is up and coming, and I mean, really, no matter what, a night home game is exciting, no matter who you are. But especially when you're when you're Minnesota, there's this renewed excitement around your program. Even after these last two weeks, you've got a coach who clearly knows how to motivate his players in yep. PJ Fleck, um, and you've got a team. They're now getting to play a ranked Michigan State team. Yeah. This is this is a huge opportunity, 
and I think Fleck is a good enough coach where you can sort of write the talent off a little bit and, and expect them to play up to their opponent. Well, Fleck has – we know all that about Fleck doing that at Western, right? With oh, he did it, yeah, against Michigan State so, on a couple of different occasions. So you're so. going to see uh, – I want to say it's not a similar situation, but this is not a bad Minnesota team. It, they're not good. but I think it's a borderline bowl team. It's probably a six, maybe seven-win team. Well, and that's why this game is so important because they, they lost a couple games that they probably wish they could have back. Mm-hmm. They have us – then you look at the rest of their schedule, and really only one game looks like a, a layup in Illinois at home the next week. And the rest, maybe Nebraska, I don't know. It, it gets it gets a little hairy. So when I say the season's on the line, well, it can go one or two ways real quick over yeah. there in Minneapolis. And if you get this win, if they were to beat Michigan State, you know this is an opportunity where if you're a five-win team that wants to maybe even get to a bowl game, and you've got one of your wins is against a ranked Michigan State team, hey, listen, that – it's a. It would be a really nice resume builder. PJ Fleck is no dummy. He's played Michigan State before. He knows how they play. That's right. He probably recruited a handful of the players that are on Michigan State's team. Frankly, um, and you know, I don't. I don't think this is in. This isn't an easy game. Now, if we get into it on paper a little bit, I think it's. It, it's interesting to look at Minnesota. What Minnesota does will will not surprise you. No, I mean, they have a kid that they hand the rock exclusively to in Rodney Smith. And then they have a touchdown stealer in Shannon Brooks. Uh, he has five on the year. Poor Rodney's only got two. <laughs> uh, even though he's yeah, it's doing the Yamen's work. Um, and then as far as uh, receivers go, I mean, they've only No, got... receiver is really the one-horse race. I mean, I think Shannon Brooks does have 65 carries. He's got 320 yards, and Rodney Smith's got 420 so, I mean, they, they love to run the ball. They're both averaging almost 80 yards a game. It looks like Shannon Brooks actually missed a game somewhere in there. But um, I, I, at the at receiver, you're at, I mean, this is a one one dog, and that's and it. And it's Tyler Johnson. He's got 17 catches, leading the team in catches at 17, leading the team in yardage with 366 yards and touchdowns with three. So he's, he has 366 yards on the season. The next closest individual has only played three games and has 83 – oh, excuse me, wait a minute. No, the next closest individual in receptions has 11 catches. The next leading receiver yardage after that is Nate Wozniak, who has 86 yards. 386 – 366 to 86. Listen, when they're going to the air, they're going to throw to Tyler Johnson. I believe it's Tamario. Tamarion Johnson? Yeah. I won't, I won't. No way. Well, it's listed as Tyler on their website. Well, I like Either way, more. I like Tamarion a lot more. Dope man. Um, but anyway, this this kid's 6'2", 190. Looks like, you know, when Rhoda's going to the air, that's who he's going to go to. I think I wouldn't expect Michigan State to change a ton of what they do defensively because they like to play so much man. And at this point, there's no reason to think that they're going to get exposed all of a sudden by a uh, what looks to be an average quarterback and a one re- receiver attack with the type of defense that they've got. But um, I think it's pretty clear this Minnesota this Minnesota team, unfortunately for them and fortunately for Michigan State, really plays into the type of ball game that MSU wants to play. Yeah. Especially their offense against Michigan State's defense. Absolutely. Um, excited for this one. Headed to this one. Yeah, John's going to be there. He really buried the lead there. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, my personal note, Beyonce <laughs> went to the Gophs. 
Oh, so that's house why, divided. Yeah. Oh man, that's it's, right. It's funny though because they're all just they're just happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just they're so nice. I'm excited to hear stories about how nice everybody. Oh, is. I know. I'm, I, I'm. You I'm need pretty, to put yourself in a position where they want to be nice to you though, because I, true. as we tend to be, I can see things. I, I don't want to push it. I, to I'll the turn limit. a fan base if I have to. <laughs> I've done it before. Yeah. Uh, so I. <laughs> <laughs> on defense, uh, they got a couple guys um, that are really doing a lot of the work for them. Um, they have Jonathan Celestin, uh, who who is really doing all the heavy lifting. I mean, he's got yeah, he's four, a playmaker. He's got four and a half uh, tackles for loss. Um, he's got thirty three solo tackles, forty one on the year. I mean, he's got two pass deflections. He's a fumble recovery. This is Joe Bocci light. Yeah, there. Okay. Um, you know he he's he kind of looks to be running their their defense. Um, hey, I don't want to get too far into making this a Minnesota blog. Yeah, but, we should talk about him. Though. But but you know I, I really feel like um, this is a game that we should candidly go out and try and control. Yeah, I mean I I don't feel as though this is a uh, again. I think coming into the year when you looked at this game, especially when you kind of knew it was going to end up being like a, an afternoon or sort of a, a prime game. Um, yeah, I don't think I was necessarily convinced that this was a win for Michigan State. Oh, not State. at all. I mean, oh, not but at all. when you look at it now and you've seen both of these teams play and you know how how they want to attack you and how you can defend that, I mean, Michigan State has faced similar attacks to this the last two weeks. Yep. And I don't. Well, Even if you give Minnesota the benefit of the doubt yeah. and say they're on the level of Iowa, you say say they're even that level caliber yeah. of team. Yeah. Well, I I don't think their defense is nearly as good as Iowa's, especially their front seven. Uh, their quarterback is clearly not. I mean, Stanley, yeah, he had a terrible game against Michigan State, but well, a lot of that was because yeah, of Michigan State. Clear. So I don't think that Rhoda is is not exactly somebody that you that you know keeps you keeps you up at night. So. Um, I, I think we're really concentrating on that side of the ball right now, and for good reason. I think Michigan State has the players and, and the scheme to to really make it hard on and, on Minnesota. And then offensively, um, I don't think they run anything overly complex. Uh, but this is a PJ Fleck joint. Yeah. So <laughs> listen, they're going to do what they're going to do. I, I think when it comes down to it, again, offensively, it's about continuing to play the way that you've played. Don't turn the ball over. I would love to see them be able to actually run the ball this week. I think they have a better chance. They have a chance to run the ball legitimately well. Like, they might have a real advantage there for the first time since they played Western Michigan. I mean, between Notre Dame, Iowa, and Michigan, you're talking about three really talented front sevens. And Michigan State has acquitted themselves just fine in all three instances. Um well, well, maybe not as much against Notre Dame. But. Well, it'll be a test. I mean, Minnesota, it's a test. Minnesota, it's a road game. It's a road night game again. Minnesota's uh, rushing defense, uh, 25th in the nation. Pretty good. Um, giving up 114 yards a game. They're giving up 17.2 uh, points a game, which is good for. Um, right, I, d- I mean, it's it's right up there in the top 20. Listen, let's 16th. All of the statistics, the numbers tell a pretty decent story for Minnesota. But I just, again, I want to look at their schedule so far. Understand? It's they've played Buffalo, yep, Oregon State. We went on the road and whooped some ass in Corvallis. By the way, they won forty-eight to fourteen. They're looking out for the boy Mike Riley. Yep. Yeah. Future 
past and once in future Mike Riley joint. Uh, Middle Tennessee, Maryland, and Purdue. They kept it close with Maryland, only lost by seven, kind of derped themselves out of it at the end. Purdue, they only lost by 14. But, I mean, when you look around the Big Ten, you're not going to convince me that Maryland and Purdue might not be in the top half of the conference. I mean, Purdue maybe. But, I mean, you're talking about middle-of-the-road, bottom half of the table type teams. So, yeah, you hung in it and you lost, but you lost. Like, you've got Michigan State, I think, if anybody's watched any of these three teams, knows that Michigan State's the best among them. And this is easily going to be the best defense that Minnesota's played so far. Absolutely. No, you're not wrong. Uh, Minnesota, if they are vulnerable, it's in their past defense. What a great time to say, hey, Brian, yeah. see what you got. And um, I know it's early. I know it's Monday. Forecast, PM showers. All right. Not, but we've done Pl- this before. Played in them before. I've seen these things. Played in them before. So that's I, exciting. I, I would love to see offensively in terms of like what I would like to see. All that, I need to say something about last week, and mm-hmm. I have to give Dave Warner a little bit of credit. Because I, I dump on him a lot. Uh-oh. He's earned it for the most part, but um, <laughs> he uh, the play design on the screen, Beautiful. the way he set that up was like, it was a masterstroke. And, and you know what I really loved and what I would really like to see more out of in this game? He let Lewerke, in, when the weather was clear early in the game, he let him go down the field. Yeah. Be aggressive. First, first try. Because he Three wants, out. what Warner tries to do so often, and I'm sure he will try to do again in this game, is he loves the run to set up the pass, which, understandable, it's one of the oldest cliches in football for an absolute reason. Mm-hmm. But it's a two-way street. You can pass to loosen up the run defense. And I would. And when teams are coming in, like Michigan State's going to run the ball, and they are so locked in, and you can end up being so stubborn, which is what gets Dave Warner into trouble, loosen it up. you got a quarterback who you clearly trust now. Yep. You haven't seen him go out and you know, necessarily drop 45 on somebody or anything like that. But listen, turn him loose. This guy's battle-tested now. He's been through three hellish games in a row, playing yeah. really good teams and really good defenses that, frankly, Minnesota is not the caliber of. I would, I think this will probably be, uh, you know, I would like to think Michigan State wins this game by 14 at least, um, 10 to 14. I, I think they should be able to control it, and I would really like to see this be in the progression of Brian Lewerke. This, I would like – to think that this can be the first time you see him go out there and you're like, okay, like this is this is this is Brian now. Well, this is the guy. So <clears throat> that, that I like it. That's just that's what I, I think they have the chance to go out and, and he has the chance to go out and have a nice game again. You said the past defense is weak. I'm interested. Like to see to, it. I'm interested to see. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that kind of got buried is that L.J. Scott didn't play. Um, one, that's a big deal. I'd love to. He- see him get back uh, on the field. Yeah, I said he was a little nicked up. So And so let's see um, if that's a long-term thing or, or not. It's not as if we don't have uh, capable running backs, but Gerald Holmes went down, and now we're in a whole world of trouble. Uh, it's know. a lot more Connor Hayward than anybody thought we were going <laughs> to All of one carry was see. a lot more. <laughs> yeah, that's already more than I think anyone is expecting to see this, this season. This season? Absolutely. But let's, uh, let's get into the prop bet. Do you want to do the prop bet? Okay. I'm going to hit you with What do you got for me? By the way, let's recap. You last week, recap it. Last week's prop bet, uh, which I think, I think I'm doing pretty good on these so far. We've yet yeah. to truly tra- track them. But the, the, the question was, total points in the game, yep. what would be more? The points or the amount of ejections and arrests during the game yep. from the stadium? 
there are only 24 points scored in the game, so I did win this one because I set ejections. 35 ejections. 31 ejections and four arrests. Four, more specifically. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. The weather had to tamp some of the ridiculous stuff. Like, of, cops just didn't want to get wet. I think I would, this would have been a blowout. I think, Otherwise. yeah, I, 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 I was more excited for it being a little closer, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I'll it's okay. It. What do you got for me this week? Okay. Okay. This week, um, I'm not going to be, I'm not watching it on TV. So yeah. you're going to have to help me out. I again. will. Okay. You will be watching Don't worry. It. I want, um, total row the boat references. <laughs> From announcers only, so not people saying it in the scene. Yeah. No, no. I want total roll the boat references, which is and we're doing which is more versus uh, total touchdowns from Michigan State. Ooh. Do they have to be Western Michigan row the boat references? Or well, they're can they no be longer now? Western. Well, yeah, but they may allude to say sure. They ha- the phrase row the boat uh, or touchdowns from Michigan State. Yes, oh, goodness in the game. Uh, I'm going to say row the boat references. Yeah. Yes. You want to give any numbers? Well, I think they're going to drop it like seven or eight times because, really? yeah, because I think it's old. It is old, but this is also big 10 network. Okay. So it's not a national broadcast. So they know the region knows it. Um, and also it's not, which, which is why they I think it. it's one of those things where, because this is like the primetime Minnesota is first time Minnesota is a part of a night thing. Like, okay. Every time they get a first down, like if they drive down the field and score a touchdown on the first drive, it's every first down, it's row the boat, row the boat, row the boat. Oh, boy. So I'm just saying, Maybe they're definitely going to drop it pregame. Okay. I think it's going to be like, I'm not I'm saying pre-game. it's like six or seven. No pregame. Obviously, I think we're going to get to six or seven. I think Michigan State could score five touchdowns in this game, allegedly. Kick but to the end. Yeah. No pregame. I'm sa- yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'm willing to live with that. I'll say row the boat references. You better keep track. So someone needs to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> this obviously matters. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah. This was probably my favorite one yet because, man, that was that was a hell of a game last week, guys. Um, but moving on, moving up, moving forward. Yeah. No time to, you know. Rest well, the on thing the is, The thing is the players have to get over this and move ahead. We we don't. <laughs> we got it yeah. till Saturday, baby. <laughs> so true. enjoy every last minute of it until, uh, you know, one minute before kickoff, before you can start stress eating and stress drinking again, <laughs> like I will be. Um, so healthy. The <laughs> lifestyle we've chosen. Yeah, we've made good choices. Awesome. Um, for my co-host, John Kirby, I am Austin Smith. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.